What the Hell. Welcome to another episode of What the Hell. And uh, this is a very long, overdue review of Loki. So we both kind of need to give our balls a tug there, titfucker. Yep. Uh, we, uh, we, I think we dropped the ball massively on this one. Yeah, because we, we finished it up and we let it, God, a month and a half, we let it simmer. Yeah. And it was actually really good. It, it was. I, I, I enjoyed it. And for me, you know, kind of a silver lining to us taking so long to, to get to this is the fact that we don't have to post f- spoiler warnings on the, on the description. I know, right? Because if you haven't watched Loki yet, then... Um, you, my fine-feathered listener, are the one that needs to give your balls a tug there, titfucker. Yep. Absolutely. Now, the only strange thing about this that... I, I came out uh, off of Loki is the fact that how would the Loki from uh, I guess it would be 616 Marvel Universe mm-hmm. I guess that's the universe there I don't, I don't know what the actual universe for it is and the Loki the female Loki from the other u- universe because they're having a little uh, romantic spiel for that yeah and how how would it how would it how would that, how would play that work out, right well because technically if you look at it it's two different dna's it, it is two different two different genders um because she even said she's not a frost giant yeah she's not a frost giant um but she did say that she was adopted and they did her parents told her um you know, honestly, I, I think and we we may never see it, but I would love to see a spinoff of her, of well, Sylvie. Well, actually, because she, she didn't want to be called Loki, she she was like, no, don't don't call me that. Yeah, and, and Sylvie is uh, was the let me think, let me think. Uh, Young Avengers. She was uh, in the comics. She was part of the Young Avengers, and she was named the enchantress it it's a it's totally like night and day type uh storylines yeah. uh the other thing on this is people are speculating they're setting everything up as kang the conqueror yeah the villain yeah because with the uh oh what it what did what was his his character's name here um he 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 who remains is a variant of king the conqueror because it came out later that it, the the last episode if you sync up the last episode of scarlet witch with the last episode the, that that scene uh at the end of the last episode of loki when he who remains kind of looks off and he smiles and he's like you know, he, he, he makes his remark. It's at the same time that the Scarlet Witch became Scarlet Witch. Yeah, that's what a lot of people, they were putting together a uh, synapses of uh, when it actually happened. Yeah, so, I mean, it sets up the whole multiverse for Phase 4. And I, I think we're ultimately going to see... Was this Phase 4 or was it Phase 5? No, this is Phase 4. 
we're in phase four now. But um, I, th- I think I think we're I, I think um, our Infinity War slash Endgame event for phase four is going to be the multiverse wars. I really do. It might be. And, and and if King the Conqueror, because King the Conqueror this. is supposed to be the bad guy, the ultimate bad guy, that everybody's going to end up working their way up to. And yeah, because he's actually playing Kang the Conqueror in the uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Quantum Mania. Yeah. Yeah. So, because the at the end of the series, you saw those timelines start to branch off, right? Mm-hmm. And and I love the fact that <laughs> Marvel kind of jumped on it, and and uh, honestly, I think that the political arena kind of copied it a little bit. They they use the term variant a lot throughout the the Loki series, and now we're sitting here talking about the Delta variant of the COVID vaccine or the COVID virus. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that you know, because when with the first time I heard them describe the new strain as a variant, I was like, <laughs> I had to chuckle. I was just like. <laughs> yeah, there's somebody watches Marvel too much, you know. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, but uh, it's like, come up with something original, you bastards! I mean, come on. You do realize they've used variants for diseases all the time. Yeah, right? I, I realize that, but uh, just the timing. Again, we're you know. Uh, and they filmed this way ahead before the. They did, and but it, it's it's still it's 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 a it's a nice little. Coinkydink. It is, you know, just kind of one of those funny coinkydink, really. You know, it it, it kind of makes you stop and, and step back and kind of go, "What if we're a, sto- a comic book storyline for an alternate universe?" I've always had this theory <laughs> that people that actually write stories and everything, that the people that actually write the stuff create uh, either a they create the universe with their thoughts and this is just me talking not yeah it it sounds crazy but they they can actually peer into different universes and that's what they get their ideas from yeah well one thing that i um the one thing that i did enjoy was uh, Jamie Alexander, uh, Alexander. She reprised her role as Sif, Lady Sif. Yeah. And then they later came out and said that Lady Sif is going to become, again, a part of the MCU. She's she's going to come back to Marvel and she's going to reprise that role in a cinematic uh, in, in a cinematic appearance. Another actor that I really liked in this was Richard E. Grant, who played classic Logan. Oh, that was the that was best. I mean, the classic comic book outfit. He's just this old English guy. You know, I'm just like, it just to me, that was cool. Like, to see the different variants. Um, of the, Loki, yeah. Of, of Loki. And, and then, for whatever reason, it, it's it's not canon, but I guess it is now. But Crocodile Loki. Yes. I was about to say that. Crocodile you know, because I, I think, you know what it was? I, and, and I saw a meme that, that made me think of this. Was uh, somebody at Disney was like, okay, so Baby Yoda sales are dropping. We need something new. And then Marvel Studios said, hold my beer. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, 
That would be great. I would love to see a spinoff of classic Loki because he was just kind of this this harmless, bumbling coward, right? But at the end, at the very last episode, he just he uses his powers to create this huge illusion of Asgard, mm-hmm. and he held it until he was eventually overtaken. Well, that was that was going back kind of towards uh, the end of Dark Avengers. Yeah, where Loki eventually, even though he was with the uh, Osborne uh, killing all the Asgards and everything like that. Yeah. He ended up like sacrificing himself to uh, create a better world for the Asgards. But another another little uh, shine in was uh, when Loki was trying to get voted in in the comics as president of the United States. That's the reason yeah. why. That one Loki was in a suit. He had a button. He on had the campaign like button. Yeah. yeah, that was. I love. I, I like that little storyline. Yeah. And that it was funny because he was like, "Well, I'm, I'm already the god of lies. I mean, you've already voted a lot of liars, so yeah. You that's know, just I'm a natural gonna, evolution. Yeah. Now, now you know that, you know, I you already know I'm lying. I'm gonna lie to you. I love the fact that Owen Wilson had a very substantive character in this story. Yeah, Morbius. Morbius, yeah. I mean, it, and it was like... I like the bromance between them, too. Yeah, you know, because he could call Loki out on all of his crap. And he wasn't afraid to, like, stand up to him. Like that when they were in that circus tent, and Loki was doing this huge monologue. And he's like... He's lying. Let's go. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, and it, what's really sad is, is he was right on that instance. He was. Yeah. Um, Kevin Feige he noted that the character uh, is similar to Wilson in that he's he's unfazed by the MCU. Um, and Tom Hiddleston actually helped him prepare for the role by explaining and showing him moments from MCU films. Um, so you know, I mean, because when Mobius was interviewing Loki, and he kept bringing up all like all these these key events throughout Loki's time in in the first two phases, right, or first three phases rather. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, he he uh, he also looked at Robin Williams' character from Goodwill Hunting as kind of like an inspiration for being a mentor and a therapist for Loki, right? Because they had kind of that that, that that Matt Damon, Robin Williams dynamic a little bit. And, like, you would see moments where they were just kind of talking to each other, not not as investigator variant. It, they, I mean, it was almost like they were, they were the beginning of a friendship. And... I would have absolutely loved for them to you know, to for, for them to recite the the line from Casablanca. I would have loved that for Owen Wilson to look at him and say, "You know, Loki, this looks like the beginning of a beautiful friendship." Yeah, that would have been perfect. But at the very end, of that that end credit scene, when or not end credit scene, but when Loki came back to the TVA, and Mobius is sitting there, he's discussing something with uh with another character and he's 
I mean, they I mean, it, they know that all the timelines are branching. And then when Loki comes in, Morbius is talking to him. But then at the very end, it's like, it's not like, holy crap. You know, it, he didn't have that like jog of memory or something to say, oh my God, Loki, you're right. He, he's like, you're an investigator. Go, go do your job. Yeah, it's like they never knew each other. Yeah, exactly. So, I I, I want to I really want to know what was up with that because well, think about it this way: what I think happened was they redid the timeline, and this is only speculation. Unlike some of uh, uh, the nerd stuff that goes out, uh, I. I don't pinpoint until the actual stuff is actually done and said. Yeah. Uh, it's still out of curiosity, and this is just my thoughts, is Loki was uh, outside the timeline, and none of the stuff that Loki did was ever done. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, basically, he deleted all the variants, even the, the past ones that because even in the beginning, there's like there's always been a Loki and a Loki variant. Yeah, and that's right too. Because um, when they were, uh, why can't I think of the name of the, the the creature that was in the void, the one that they they battled? Um, it had a weird name like Draconis or something like that. Alothic, the cloud dragon god. Yeah. I don't know. Bad on me for missing that one. But, the uh, cloud dragon dog. Aloth's attempt. Yeah, okay, so Aloth. Um, so he took everything. That the Aloth took everything out. Like, he overtook everything that was in the void. Because when Sylvie and Loki enchanted it, it opened up the curtain... And that's when they went to go see He Who Remains. It's like he reset everything. But then when Sylvie killed He Who Remains, he took that, that took out one of the King variants. I it just I'm 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 gonna be really interested it's gonna be really interesting to see what Marvel does during phase four. Because you're going to have Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. You're going to have Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantum Mania, uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Which in itself is kind of kind of funny because even though we you and I both saw the same teaser, mm-hmm. I legitimately think that that was fan-made because Kevin Feige came out specifically and said they're not releasing a trailer for the movie because he said that when he wants fans to go to the theater, he wants them to know absolutely nothing. Yeah, even even the stuff for the cast. Yeah. There's no one for the cast. Yeah, I mean, we know that Tom Holland, we know that Zendaya is going to be in it. And uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in it. And I think Doctor Strange is going to be the linchpin that holds the entirety of Phase 4 all together. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, I saw an article today that James Gunn, uh, uh, he announced today, he teased, rather, 
that for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, that major characters are going to die. I can see that. They've always had a... Uh, and I, at the very least, I expect, I expect Drax, at the very least, to uh, to die. Because Dave Bautista, he's... he's I love the guy. I mean, he he's he's a decent actor, and the guy's got an amazing story, you know, personal story, you know, from basically coming up from nothing, working his way through WWE, and then you know becoming an actor, kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. But he's got these he, he, for whatever reason, he doesn't like being on screen without a shirt on. Well, technically, he wasn't on uh, on screen with the shirt off because he was all. I mean, his shirt off rather. He he doesn't like being. He doesn't <coughs> like having his shirt off. Which I'm like, okay, dude, you were a wrestler. Yeah, you that's all much, you ever did. Yeah, he's right? pretty much in like tidy whities yeah. the entire time. <laughs> tidy whities <laughs> God, it's a callback. Yeah, right. Um, I wonder if that was a callback for him being that's a racist. Wrestler. That's a bit racist, um, but. I, I see his time with the MCU kind of coming to an end, and they're going to wrap up Drax's storyline. Um, there was an article that came out today or yesterday. They could record, uh, kill Gamora. <sighs> Re-kill her? Yeah, because yeah, you never saw at the end of Endgame. You never saw. I mean, she... There was like There was a deleted scene where she was like way way off in the background at Stark's funeral memorial service and she just walked away. You never saw what happened to her at the end of the battle. Yeah. Um with Thanos. So did did she just kind of frizzle out, you know, or whatever? Uh but well, the time time stuff in Marvel universe for the Marvel Cinematic Universe is from looking at just even Loki is those that yeah she might be a, a, a more variant yeah. yeah because when thanos came back through the time or through time or he went forward in time rather to get the infinity stones without having to do all the work um he basically created a branch yeah because they because during the loki series they made refer he made reference when he was being when he was standing in front of uh uh the judge um Ravona Renslayer at the at, in the first episode he's like I'm not the one you need to be looking at you need to look at the avengers and she goes well the avengers were doing a job yeah so it was like the TVA was hands off you know with that but I, I just thought it was kind of funny because, uh, you know, it, watching that, watching her character kind of progress through the storyline, you were like, oh, okay, she, she, she's a reluctant player in this whole TVA thing, and she's ultimately going to be one of the people that helps bring it down. But she's turning out, I think she's going to ultimately be like an ultimate, like a bad guy, like a villain character. It, it seemed like that in the first uh, first part. Well, no, especially there at the end. Yeah. Because when Hunter D90 was, you know, she, she was made aware of the fact that she is a variant, that she was 
not pruned from her timeline, but she was brought to the TVA from her timeline, and then her timeline was pruned. Um, just like uh, the the other hunter that uh, was it B fifteen when they were at that uh, rocks cart. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm just like. Hmm. Okay, and I and I love the fact too that in the, in the first episode, that receptionist was like, "What is this?" And he, Loki's like, "It's the Tesseract." And you know, and he the guy opens up the drawer in his desk, and he's got all the Infinity Stones there, mm-hmm. and he just tosses it in there and shut, shuts the drawer. Like they're just casually playing with these things. Yeah, and it's like, huh? Okay. I mean, there's these so like so many little tiny microscopic Easter eggs. Well, in the comics, there is a, I think it was during the uh, War of the Realms, uh, Loki goes into the story, and what it is is uh, the Finney Stones don't really work in different universes. Yeah. So if you have a multiplicity of multi- uh, multiverses, that, you know, if the Infinity Stones went to the MCU yeah, from 616, those Infinity Stones probably wouldn't work. Yeah. Because there was a, there was a uh, Loki that was Thor, and he had all the Infinity Stones, and he had a Mjolnir in his hand, and he went to Loki's universe, the 616, and the Infinity Stones didn't work, but he was still able to make a portal to the universe that he was originally at and do yeah. whatever. And then, of course, Disney being Disney these days, had to throw in its uh, liberal view on things. Right, now, let me preface what I'm about to say. I do not disparage people who live that lifestyle. But they, they introduced Loki's bisexual nature because they were sitting on that train. Yeah, they did a little bit of it. It was just a little that quick, yeah. right? And I snap, and we were talking about Infinity Stones. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it it was just so quick. It's kind of like the same thing that they did at the uh, during the Rise of Skywalker. Where they introduced the two lesbian re- rebel fighters, yeah, you know, and it's 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 like okay, here we're gonna throw this on the screen, and most people, I mean, there was a lot of people that didn't catch it right at first, but enough people did catch it, and you got the uh, the uh, LBGTQ, you know, ABCD uh, crowd that they were just all excited because yay now he's the first queer uh character in the mcu and it's like i I don't think they understand what that word means you know it it, and i i i almost i'm i'm even hesitant about giving it any kind of like uh you know any kind of like you know, uh, acknowledgement just simply due to the fact that it may not be much of anything at all. It may have just been a line that they don't plan on exploring anymore after that. Well, they explored it in the comics, and yeah, he he is bisexual. There's, well, yeah, yeah I mean, I get that. I get that. But it's like, okay, 
focus on the story instead of placating to these different demographics, you know? Well, that's what pretty much they did. I mean, they just did it a blip, and it's over. And that's where it went on, went on really. I mean, it was a blip. It was there. It was like, okay, here we go. And back to the story. Yeah. That's one thing I really like. They didn't make it a story arc. Yeah, and if they do, I whatever. Let's, uh, so moving on. Um, oh, kind of like a cool little fact. Sophia uh, DiMartino, she played Sophie, or Sophie Sylvie. She was actually, she had just given birth before they started production. Her costume was customized to allow her to pump between shootings. And breastfeed. Yeah, and breastfeed, yeah. Yeah, it had a... Uh, if, you looked at, if you look at the costume now, it's got those clasps like a breastfeeding bra does. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she would go to her trailer and breastfeed and pump. Yeah. And I thought, that's kind of cool. You know, I mean, if you didn't catch it and you didn't notice it, you go back and watch it now you're definitely going to see it but it's uh you know i and this is not a misogynistic perverted thing it's we need to breastfeeding is something that we need to normalize in public oh yeah you know i mean it's ridiculous that they've over sexualized the breast and i'm like okay I, I get that people have modesty standards and all that. You shouldn't expose kids to this, but yet you're dragging your kids to these pride parades. You're dragging your kids in front of R-rated movies. You're you're doing all. I mean, you're exposing your kids to so so many other things. You're getting uptight about a nipple. I mean, come on. Yeah. It. I mean, it wasn't until like, I think. 1958 to where men could actually show their nipples yeah it's and just, it's not just women 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 right now it's still going through the thing but well at least women for, here yeah i mean over in europe it's not so much of a big thing i mean i, I think in like france and they like the the continental european countries like they have full frontal nudity on their television programs on like network tv yeah but i don't know i i, I think that that's I mean, the, the fact that that factoid was kind of put out there, I think is kind of cool. I mean, I really do. So, you know, it's kind of acknowledging, hey, look, you know, we know that you've got needs, and these costumes sometimes are a pain in the ass to get in and out of. We're going to make this one easy for you. And so I... That was like uh, uh, Christian Bale tell, uh, to tell uh, Ben Affleck when he's like, hey, uh, you have any kind of uh, tips for me being uh, Batman coming up? He's like, yeah, make sure they'll have a zipper in the front so you can take a piss whenever you want. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I like that. You know, a half-ass British accent. That's pretty good. I, 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 the uh, the, amp, the, the amp clap. The amp clap. <laughs> it still sounds so wrong. <laughs> oh, we're so childish. <laughs> At times, we're so tall. I am twelve. <laughs> oh, that was another thing, Maria. I mean, we we didn't we didn't step on it because I think she's we recorded right after she told us was uh, this weekend or last weekend was the fifteenth anniversary of Delegate Nights. Yes, and as I've stated before, I was there for the final weekend of shooting at Talladega. Yeah, yeah, and it was so uncomfortable when they kissed at the start finish line. It was so uncomfortable. 
Really? Yeah, they, they get on the loudspeakers on the on the PA system there. And they tell people, all right, we're about to film the final scene for this movie. Regardless as to what happens, cheer. Get rowdy. Show them what Talladega is all about. And they do the fake little crash, you know, at the uh, down there on the apron. And then you see Will Ferrell and Sasha Cohen get out and start running toward the start-finish line, right? That part was cool. People were legitimately cheering for it. And then when you saw the two guys stand up and they're having that exchange of dialogue and then they kiss right there at the start-finish line, right? There was a physical... I mean, there was a physical groan that came out of the crowd, right? Mm-hmm. And you had these, like, people that are just like... they. If you look at this, If you look at that shot in the movie there's not a single fan looking at them they're all looking at cameras because there's like 15 different cameras you know around that area yeah right they're all looking at a camera they're not looking at what's going on but they're cheering while they're looking at the camera and it was it was <laughs> single-handedly i mean you think about it you're you're, you're in alabama you know i mean I mean, you're going to get your stereotypical Alabamans that, that are going to be, or is it Alabamites? That's Alabamians. Alabamans. Oh, we're just going to go with that. Alabama residents, right? Uh, that, that, you know, ding, 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 ding. You know, your mouth looks real pretty, boy. You know, you're going to get, you're going to get that, you know, that stereotype out there. Not that it exists in real life. It may. I don't care. Whatever. Do you thing. Whatever. Do you, boo-boo. But <laughs> just, you had these for the most part, staunchly conservative uh, NASCAR fans. And there's these two guys making out on at the start-finish line at Talladega Super Speedway. And, I mean, just these, uh, everybody's just kind of going, oh, hey, yeah, you know. <laughs> I think it was more or less the whole... Uh wasn't expecting that. No, we weren't. Oh my God, no. Um, but it was kind of cool though to to see how they do the on screen on the on, uh, the on track shots. Right? They've got the two. I mean, they're basically show cars. They've got V sixes in them. You know, they're they're not up to spec Cup cars, right? And then they've got another car that's basically got little to nobody it might have a little bit of a front end on it just for like aerodynamic purposes holding up the air quotes there and then they've got this huge cage that's welded to the body right to the frame yeah and it's got seats for a couple different camera operators and they've got booms for the different cameras like high cameras for the high shots low shots and for like the middle shots where they're looking into the the windshield right and the two cars jean gerard's he's a french driver you know, he was Sasha Cohen's character. I like crepes. I like crepes. They are like really, really thin pancakes. Say it, I will break your arm. Um, by the way, I watched Highlander. That movie was shit. Yeah. Um, anyways. <laughs> it would seem, Ricky Bobby, Ricky Bobby, that you have beaten me. <laughs> it was only one thing that I require from you. Um anyway are you done i'm done okay um so the two cars i mean uh uh jean gerard car jean gerard's 
Perrier car and uh, Ricky Bobby's self-sponsored car with the goddamn cougar on the hood. You know. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're they're beating and banging, going around the you know going around the track, and they're just following this camera car. I mean, they're still probably running probably a, a easy over 100 miles an hour. I mean, you kind of have to just to just to keep the car from sliding down the turn down the asphalt or down the concrete whenever they're coming through those turns because those are like 35 degree banking. Really? Yeah, you can't walk up that. You have to crawl up that to get to the catch fence in turns one and two and three and four. Wow. Uh, the Talladega itself is like a two and a half mile long t- uh, track, right? And like whenever you come in off of Speedway Boulevard there in Talladega and you go through the, the, the archway that says welcome to Talladega mm-hmm. or this is Talladega, the only thing that you can see of the track immediately is the catch fence from turns three and four. And you never really get a scope for the size of this place until you, you, you go into the track. And I had a really cool experience with that uh, that weekend that I went. And we go in, and we walk up the, the stairs for the trioval tower, right? Mm-hmm. And I walk through the, the entryway to the stands, and this just whole place just opens up. I mean, it's all there right and it was just absolutely breathtaking and it's really kind of humbling because it's like you're sitting here going you, you know i've been to you know half mile tracks i've been to quarter mile tracks i've been to you know the mile and a half cookie cutter tracks you know the trials like texas motor speedway mm-hmm. but this was my first restrictor plate track a super an actual super speedway where you know Guys hate running here because they constantly wreck. Because you know, when you're operating cars at that speed, I mean, if you were to literally put your hand out the window and you could you could push another car away from you, because I mean, because you know, like when you're in your street car and you get it toward the top end of your speedometer, you feel like your car floats a little bit. I mean, these cars are basically they're glued to the track a little bit because of the aerodynamic packages, but the air still moves them around. Because if you watch those races, those guys. They're running at about 200 miles an hour, about six inches off of each other's doors, and they're they're buffing around because the air is just so violent, ripping through those, ripping through that pack. Yeah, and it's just it's kind of cool to see. But that 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 the whole thing there was that was a, that was a cool experience for me, and because it was it was part of a like a men's retreat weekend uh, with a buddy of mine named Randy Holloway, and uh, so you know we got to go, we got to be ushers we basically got paid to go to the races that whole weekend we got to see the arca race we got to see the truck race and we got to see the cup race on sunday uh plus all the qualifying so i mean it was it was a cool experience and i mean the the money that we got paid from from the track to to be ushers paid for our our entire weekend and include gas and lodging and all this you know and our food so it was a cool experience i mean it's one that i'd like to go do again um, maybe just strictly as as a race fan, so that way I can enjoy the race. Because as ushers, whenever there was a wreck on the track, we had to turn our backs to the action to make sure that people weren't throwing shit on the track. Yeah, you know, because Talladega, what has been traditionally Earnhardt Country, Dale Senior and Dale Junior won there a ton, right? And at one point, Dale Junior won like five races consecutively at that track. But <clears throat> when Jeff Gordon, uh, believe it was at that track, t- 
high Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s uh, win total. People were throwing beer cans on the track at his car. Oh, wow. I mean, total and completely classless move. You know, and, and I'm like... Kind of like a couple of weeks ago with the uh, New York Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when they when they threw that ball and hit uh, uh, Alex Verdugo in the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, 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 it's the same thing. I mean, but these, these... I mean, they're throwing full, unopened beer cans at his car as he's doing a burnout down the front stretch. And, I mean, these cans are under pressure. I mean, now, granted, yeah, it, he's inside of his car, protected by sheet metal. He's got Lexan windshields, right? But the fact is, is that it's still inherently dangerous. I mean, it really is, because somebody can underthrow, hit another fan in the back of the head, or uh, a can can, you know, explode, and the pressure being released can launch that can into the pits, you know, into, into the pits. I mean, it, there, was a, there was a lot of potential for a lot of things to go south. Well, it's the same uh, factor of, uh, like, uh, a flight line. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you get that, what is it called, a FOD, right? Yeah. But uh, getting back to Loki, um, yeah, it, I really liked the writing on this series. And the fact that they're going to come back with a season two. Mm-hmm. All in. Yeah, I'm all in already. Just sign me up here. Shut up and take my money. Now, this weekend starts up. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to talk about it that much. It's actually starting tomorrow. Yeah, uh, yeah. on uh, Wednesday. Uh, what if? The first episode is going to be Captain Carter. Yeah. Which I, I think is going to be cool because I'm really going to enjoy this phase. I, well, not even that. It's just I love the what if comics. Yeah. All of, like, uh, the Remember that, that really, <laughs> really bad failed attempt that DC had at it where – Elseworld? Nah, I think it was Elseworld, yeah, because, like... Because um, Elseworld was actually pretty good. Well, the, the, the issues that I read... Now, the, the one issue that stood out for me was when Clark Kent... I mean, Kal-El landed in Gotham City instead of Smallville. Oh, you're talking about speeding bullets. Yeah, where it's like, okay, so Clark grew up as... I like that comic. Clark really Wayne. He, he grew up as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And he had all the powers and everything... But instead of wearing the Superman costume, he's wearing the Batman costume. And the the orange or the yellow was a kind of the uh, homage to the Superman symbol, but it was a, had a bat in the center. Uh, yeah. And, Le- and Lex Luthor ended up turning to be the Joker. That I, I, I like that comic. Uh, in the time frame, uh, it's like uh, the it, blue, it, when the, it, when it came out, it was it was a distraction. Yeah, and it was it was something different because it came in the uh, time frame of uh, uh, Death of Superman. It did, yeah, because I mean it gave people that specific issue. It gave people something to read to follow the Last Son of Krypton, and it really kind of jump started. I honestly think that DC would have left Superman dead had it not been for the fan outrage. I mean, like. There was an actual, honest-to-God, letter-writing campaign <laughs> that started. I mean, there were people like, they were talking about never buying DC Comics ever again. Hey, you ever hear the, the fun fact of uh, Lois and Clark uh, TV show and uh, 
Uh, Talking about the one with Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher? Yeah. Yeah. What and, about it? In the comics? Uh-uh. <laughs> they couldn't marry the couple on the TV show until they married the couple in the comics first. Oh, kind of like they were avo- trying to avoid their own spoilers? <laughs> it, it was already done, and the time frame weren't actual... Uh, be- well, okay. No, that wasn't it. I'm sorry. I uh, I finally remember what it was. They couldn't marry in the comics until they married in the show. And they were having a writing dispute of what they were going to do for the next year for the comics. Because they, they kept on prolonging the wedding in the comics until they married on the TV show. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get Death of Superman. Hmm. Okay. Because the show in that storyline started like right after, and the storyline for all of it took an entire year, or two, two, three no. years. You talking about only... the issues leading up to the death? No, I'm talking about the whole thing. Oh right, yeah. Because I, I know that have, I know that the have I know that the Superman. fight. Yeah, I know that the fight between Superman and, and Doomsday. They it it incorporated like uh, like. The four different Superman titles that were out. Well, here's the storyline on it. It was Death of Superman. You got that that set of uh, yeah. comics. Then you got Funeral for a Friend. Yeah. Then after that, you have the Reign of Superman, and that's when they ended it. And then I think probably around about you came out with the White Issue. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I I read that one. I opened up the bag and I read it because I'm like, whatever. Okay, so I bought two. Yeah, but you remember he 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 met his dad, not not Kal-el, but Jonathan uh, Kent. He met Jonathan Kent because in the in heaven, of, yeah, because in the death of Superman uh, or the funeral for a friend, uh, that storyline, Jonathan Kent had a heart attack. Yeah, so you, you, he he got to talk to his dad in heaven, and his his dad was like, "You need to go back." And then that's when they came out with this whole, his body was stolen from the crypt by the... Uh, eradicator. By the Eradicator. And it was, he took it to the Fortress of Solitude where the, the... Crystal Matrix. Yeah, the Crystal Matrix, and it was basically regen- regenerating him. And that's when he came out. Uh, and when he came out, he had that iconic, very, very cool black suit. Yeah. And I'm so, so glad Zack Snyder included it in his cut. Because everybody was like, oh, he needs to be wearing the black suit. And then when Josh Whedon came out with that monstrosity, that farce. It was a, still the same suit. It yeah. just, it just well, I expected weird. so much more out of Josh Whedon. But then we come out find later that Josh Whedon actually hates DC. <laughs> like, wow, okay. Yeah, because Josh Whedon only worked for Marvel. Yeah, but it I wasn't mean, until Josh Whedon left that comics. we finally got to hear Captain America utter the line, Avengers, a symbol. Yeah. Because it was at the end of, uh, was it Age of Ultron? Yeah. Which was Josh Whedon's last Marvel movie. It was like you saw Steve Rogers go, Avengers! And then he, as he's opening his mouth to say a symbol, they cut the credits. And everybody, I remember everybody in the theater was like, oh, man, come on. <laughs> well, what Josh Whedon said is he wanted the Avengers assembled to actually mean something. Yeah. Which I understand, and it, it, and it worked. And, and it the Russo played. brothers... God bless the Russo brothers because when they wrote that line, it wasn't them. It, that wasn't them. No, it was the writers that did the first uh, Captain America. Really? 
Yeah, uh, they actually wrote most of the Marvel movies. I thought the Russo brothers wrote Endgame. No, they directed Endgame. That's about it. Well, still, God bless the Russo brothers, but yeah. They, I, but they, no, they, they, they literally... To the writers, yeah. But th- that writers. scene... When everybody's coming, you know, came back and they're coming through those through, through those wormholes. Even the music for it. Oh, the music was spot on. Who was that? Elvin Silvestri or something like that? I forget. Hold on. Now you got me curious. I'll work fast because I already know what the title of it is. It Elvin was, Silvestri, yep. look at me! Woohoo! I I got one. You get a cookie, <laughs> yay! Snickerdoodle, please. Um, but yeah, that that just that score. Like even thinking about that scene with the music. Too bad we can't play it. Oh man! I see. Look at that dude. Goosebumps. Yeah. In the theater, absolutely hands down. I wanted to jump out of my seat and just yell out the words "fuck yeah!" Because I mean, dude, that that was just so badass. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and watching that with my kids, you know, they were just like, I mean, we were going absolutely apeshit ballistic. And, but, you know, and then it, and that's, and, you know, that's one of the things too, because like you always hear about, you know, movies are great. Our movies are good, but it's the score that makes the movie great. Yeah, look at what happened with Star Wars. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They have actually. Star Wars without John Williams would have been nothing. Exactly. They have they have uh, viewings uh, of certain scenes and everything to where it doesn't have the score and then it does have the score. Mm-hmm. And it just the, it makes it without, so much better. Yeah, and then you get back, then you then you walk outside the theater and you're back in reality and you're like, how come I don't have a fucking soundtrack? <laughs> yeah, what's really sad is uh, what, would, what would be the sound played when you got an erection. It'd be like the Windows logout sound. Yeah. <laughs> and there's that was that one TikTok sound or video. The guy he was like, <laughs> he's walking along, and then you hear the Avengers music play, and he's just like, he strikes a superhero pose, and I'm like, no. <laughs> you know what's sad? There is a study that if you actually do that pose, you feel a little bit better about yourself that day. Yeah. Have you not noticed when I'm at work? I'm like, I, I, you, you'll, you'll see it tomorrow because now that I brought it to your attention, I, I, I occasionally will strike a superhero pose. I do it all the time, too. So I don't, I don't even – it doesn't even register because I do that. I, I do it, too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I, I, I think it's just that delegated night thing where I just don't know what to do with my hands. Right. I, I, yeah, exactly. And for those of you who aren't watching us on YouTube, I've got both hands up in front of the microphone right now, and like I'm, I'm, I'm doing the Reggie Bobby thing. I, I don't, I don't know. And like, hey, just back off the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just keep your hands down by your side. But um, yeah, uh, I think actually Alvin, Alvin Silvestri. I think he wrote. I was thinking James Horner. James Horner is another one of those great composers. He he was kind of struggling a little bit in Hollywood trying to write scores for movies, and then he was handed 
because John Williams wrote the original uh, music for Star Trek The Motion Picture, right? And Yeah, it was John Williams, I believe. Yes, I can say that. Anyways, so when Star Trek II came out, or was was getting was was in production. They asked they asked James Horner to write this, right? Couldn't have written it any better. Period. I'm either gonna get vindicated I, or I'm gonna get I'm gonna get scolded. You're going to get scolded. Jerry Goldsmith. Was it Jerry Goldsmith? Yep. Oh, and Fred Steiner. Why was I thinking John Williams? Because we got him on the mon right now. John Williams. Oh, you know what it was? John Williams. Yes, he did Star Wars. He did Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did Jaws. Yeah. He also did a, a TV movie beforehand. Yeah, and he was also part of the Air Force uh, marching band. Right. Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> speaking of Star Wars, uh, I saw on Disney Plus. I don't know if you remember this, but back in the '80s, they did two made-for-TV Star Wars movies on Indoor. Those are both on Disney Plus. I know. That was another fun fact. Is uh, most of the stormtroopers were eaten by the Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's canon. I, I wasn't I wasn't ready for that at all. They were eaten by the Ewoks. Holy! It, well, that would make sense because they were going to cook Han and Luke. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's where they got the uh, helmets and everything. And they they <laughs> what's really funny is they made a little skit that Han and uh, Leia and uh, Chewbacca had to talk to the Ewoks to stop eating them. Yeah, Ewoks are vicious little sobs. Yeah, but then they get the guy that played Willow to play Wicket. Actually, he's played a lot he's, of George Lucas movies. He has been. He's been in every Star Wars movie. That's right, he has. He has. Yeah, he has. Actually, uh, if you think about it, I, no, he hasn't been in every uh, George Lucas movie. But every he's Star been in Wars a ton movie. of Lucas Lucasfilm stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm looking at the list of conspo- or composers for. Uh, Star Trek movies and James or John Williams isn't on this list that's kind of sad I'm, I'm kind of disappointed a little bit there how epic would have that have been though well the thing with John Williams is most you can tell if it's a John Williams uh, score. yeah because it has that signature to it no he literally has it to where the music says the title of the movie Really? Think about Superman. Okay, now I'm hearing it in my head now. Yeah. Okay, that's another great score. We have gotten so far away from Loki, but we're going to run with this. No, we're still in the nerd category, so we're good. Okay, so like when Superman Returns came out, right? Mm Mm-hmm. My now ex-wife took me to go see that when it came out right i'm like giddy 
Because I'm just sitting there like, it's Superman. It's Supes. He's back on the big screen, right? Mm-hmm. And you hear that, dun 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 I'm like, oh, my God, you know. Even better was when Superman appeared in the Josh Whedon version and uh, basically he said, truth, justice, and you hear the Superman score, the small little tidbit of it from yeah. John Williams. That gave me good. Yeah, okay, so the scene in Superman Returns when he catches the plane and he sets it down in that uh, in, in the baseball stadium, right? And it shows him on the big screen, and everybody is going absolutely ballistic. And, and the, you see Perry White just kind of standing there going, you know, he's the only one not jumping up and down for joy, but that score is just going completely crazy. It's running. I mean, it, it's it's narrating the scene, basically. Mm-hmm. I love it. And the, the whole – it had all these, like, retro throwback Easter eggs, you know, because when he, he's, he boards the plane – and uh, he's like, well, I hope this is hasn't, hasn't sworn you off of uh, of flying, because statistically speaking, it is the safest way to travel. Yeah, they, <laughs> they did a callback on that. That was really cute. I loved that. I was like, yes. Um, well, I'm running through this. Uh, and he always kept telling Lois, I'll be around. Yeah. Like, oh, God. And it wasn't Man, for the fact that... He's done so much. He's it wasn't for the fact that he's doing Ray Palmer now for The Legends of Tomorrow. I would love to see them just kind of... Just kick out these two movies, even if it's just direct to streaming. I don't care. I want to see the I want to see the rest of that story arc played out. Yeah. Now, now I'm, looking, I'm looking at... They the would house. obviously need to recast Lex Luthor because nobody wants to see the pedophile Kevin Spacey anymore. Just after he got added on that list, he, he got blacklisted. Uh, he's coming back. Oh, is he? Mm. Oh, no. Oh, no. I forgot what it was, but he's doing a couple more movies that are... Uh... There we go. All right, IMDb. Don't fail me now. Yeah. The Billionaire Boys Club. Oh, that's such a bad title. Oh. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. oh man, that that's the first one. Mm. Uh, uh, actually, that came out in two thousand eighteen. He's doing he's okay. doing a he's doing a uh, sort of like a foreign film here. Yeah, and another movie called Gore. It might be a foreign film. Uh, young man spends a summer in Italy where he meets his. Idol Gore Villa who Gorbidel, teach him about life, love, and politics. Oh my god, it's fucking horrible. Oh, well, these that. are American actors, well. and he's he's playing Gore Villa. And well, no, they do this. Okay, on stuff like this, it's like uh, that one actor that or director, director or producer. I There's a guy who's playing the role of Johnny Carson in this movie. Really? Yeah, Jim Meskimen or Meskimen as Johnny Carson. Wow. Yeah. Apparently, okay. God, that man Johnny Carson probably had had no money before he left. He died. He didn't because his wife took everything. Wives. Wives took everything. I know. And that poor 
Oh, he was so that, great. Uh, I was listening to this one. Uh, you know, he originally was a uh, he was an intern, mm-hmm. and when the original host at the time for the Tonight Show, sick or drunk or something like that, the producer called him and said, "Hey, I need you to fill in," and he never gave up the he never gave up the seat until he retired. Yeah, I would do the same thing. Now, I was listening to uh, uh, Iconic History, or uh, it, it, it's a history thing when I listen to it. It's on the uh, uh, Tether Paul uh, podcast. Now, you confused, hold on. hold on, you confused Mia Khalifa with Mia Kunis earlier. Are you sure you're not, you're thinking Iconic History, or are you thinking Drunk History? No. No. It's not drunk history. Okay. All right. I'm just, I'm no, just putting no, it out it's, there. No, it's on the tetherball uh, and, it, and, it, and for those of you who are listening to this, if you want the inside track on that joke, you're going to have to listen to the rest of our episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but they, were, they were talking about Johnny Carson. I, I got that little tidbit about his wives and everything, how he, he, he more or less didn't have any money. But he, they also said... It, how rich you actually go, you know, mm-hmm. for sexuality and everything, right. everything turns to shit afterwards. Not like, you know, oh, everything goes to the shit. No, everything sexually for these billionaires and everything and eventually goes to shit because they've already pretty much done everything. Because the, the guy that did uh, WikiLeaks, yeah. His his fetish like after he got caught and everything was having a woman uh, shit on him through a hammock, one of those like yeah. It it's really I don't weird. get that man. I really don't. And, and I don't, the, okay, I don't so get here, here's the thing. Possible. I don't get anything scatting with the, or yeah, it's called yeah, scatting. Anything with feces. Yeah. I, I okay. It's disgusting. And maybe this is just me. I don't know, but. And back off the microphone. It's not a dick. Okay. Um. <laughs> That's a good conversational piece. Right. Um. <laughs> Jesus, I opened up the door on that one. Anyways. So, God, there we go. Okay. So, uh, I guess I was just projecting that one. But Yeah. So, it, it's, for me at least, it, yeah, true. Everybody's got a kink. Everybody's got something right but and because I know that there are certain people who listen to the show I'm not going to divulge that information it's it's not like out there I mean it's 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 somewhere between the point it's somewhere between vanilla and Christian gray but it's it's not like role-playing like uh well that's not you didn't you didn't put on like uh have her dress up as a succubus and dress up as a paladin and you almost kill her did you no 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 and it's it's, oh, uh, it's not like I'm a pegging thing it's not a pegging thing it's it's am i the only one that did that i'm the dominant how about that okay, okay so let's just say that anyways it's it, it can't be something to do with the money because the people are they're, the, the, they're already wired that way the, the money just enabled them to live that out. I think what it really is, though, is the fact that after you you reach a certain status and everything, people come out of the woodworks and just talk shit about you. I mean, 
not the. Yeah, but that's a that's an oddly specific thing to talk shit about. I mean, okay, think pun about intended. okay. Think about I mean, especially this if way. we're talking about Julian Estrange, but yeah, or well, Assange. Well, but think about it this way: uh, before the whole uh, uh, woke shit, yeah. or not woke shit, but uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, shit. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, I for, I forget what what his little spill was. Uh, he was into kids and rape and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was a monster. Uh, look at what happened well, with. Well, he is uh, a monster. He's still alive. Lewis C. Clark. Yeah. I mean, he literally asked people. It's like, hey, uh, can I masturbate while while we're talking? Just just out there. And if they said no, he wouldn't do it. Yeah. And he got on that whole uh, uh, craze because I I. I I see what he did was kind of He was of an wrong. exhibitionist? Yeah. Okay. I kind of see what he, he did was wrong in a way, but he still went out and, like, asked. Yeah. And if they said no, he wouldn't have done it. It's just one of those things. I mean, there's again, several times that even Silver Silverman said... You break he it down best. to its basic chemical composition. The people are already wired that way. Just... The only, the only, the only factor that money played into it is that they had the money to enable those uh, uh, urges. Yeah. Most of the time, when when people, I mean, if if you walk around and you got at least a head, you know, if you got enough common sense that God gave a block of wet concrete, it's smart enough to dry, right? Mm-hmm. If anything, the only thing that money should do should. I know that we live in reality. But I reject reality and substitute my own. The only thing that money should realistically do to an individual is make them more philanthropic. Okay? Be more giving, be more charitable, that kind of a thing. I mean, yeah, you can you can squirrel away enough money to be selfish and get the things that you want. I mean, ultimately, because at the end of the day, we can't take it with us when we go. But these... Uh, the people that you hear about that get into that kind of thing, they've got that kind of money to enable that kind of a lifestyle, somewhere along the way, they lost their moral compass. And... (laughs) I have enough of a gag factor where it's like, if I hear somebody throw up... Oh, yeah. You know, it causes me to start gagging. But... Just the idea, just the idea of somebody Could you taking stop and a don't do it. Somebody, the, the the idea of somebody taking a dump, mm. pinching off a Cleveland steamer on my chest. That's a reference to Denisha Steve, by the way. Anyway. I, I got you. Okay, good, great. Um, it just it makes my skin crawl. I mean, that to me, that's vile. It really is. Well, it's like the the inmate when I was working corrections. I mean, I now know, and I wish I never knew, <laughs> that, uh, you know, the big Gatorade bottles that we get? Yeah. Uh, uh, going to work and everything? Yeah. Did you know you can shut that up your ass, bully? I'm going to say I wish I'd have never heard that. Oh, yeah. He, we had to throw away all... Any any time we had to uh, 
uh, search his cell and everything like that. Just fucking wow. Yeah. But we had to make sure that every freaking time that we went in the cell, we had gloves. We had uh, alcohol, the little stuff and everything like that after we're done with the gloves. Mm -hmm. And we just had to throw away every bottle that was in his cell. And just going into his, you could smell his cell from like walking up to the rung. It was horrible. But on that note, if you made it this far... Uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Oh, I, y'all be fucked now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Twitter. Uh, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, uh, <laughs> fucking YouTube. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. Spotify, Apple Podcast. Um, reach out to us uh, via our instant messaging on, on our Facebook page. Um you could even send us a direct message at I'm, I'm going to pull this up here hold on that way I can you can direct message on Instagram too you can you can direct message on Instagram or at angry me pro, pro, or product p-r-o-d-u-c-t one the number one at uh, on Twitter um, I personally handle the Twitter account um, be advised I am trying to clean up <laughs> our, our Twitter feed. If I get a DM on Twitter, and I swear to God, if any of you heathens listening send a fucking dick pic. I, 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 will, I, will, I will find out who you are, and I will spam the shit out of you. With some of the most off the wall, I will find pictures of the Tub Girl, and I will I will DM you a picture of Tub Girl once a day, every day. <laughs> what he's trying to do <laughs> on, the, on this reference is he's more on Twitter and everything that I was. So I gave him the count. I was like, "Here, this is the Angry Me Production account. Have at it." So he did, and then he's like, "Dude, this is like Ted too." I, I'm gonna L- have to literally, burn my literally, yeah, literally. Oh, by the way, uh, oh, one one last thing before we end this, uh, Titans, uh, the TV show that was on DC Universe is coming back on Thursday on HBO Max. On HBO Max, so yeah, you know, I I, I think I'm gonna have to start. It's going to be dicey as far as the scheduling is concerned because Marvel's coming out with What If, and then I mean Marvel's for the last quarter of this year. I mean we're going to be we're going to get our fill of Marvel. I mean Marvel's kind of like giving back to the fans after having what is it like a year and a half off, mm-hmm. basically. Um, I was wanting to check out that Titan show anyway, so now I'm going to have the chance to do that. That I, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol, yeah, I've heard a lot of great things about that as well. But uh, it's just the whole DC, and I'm like, okay, now granted, yes, the DC TV universe is a lot better than the DCU as far as, like, the cinematic universe. Well, it can't touch uh, CW DC universe. Or the Arrowverse. Yeah, yeah, the Arrowverse. You know, the best thing I like Stephen Amell. No. Go ahead. It, it, 
<clears throat> How can I put this gently? They need to end the Flash. Uh, yeah, Grant Gustin's even saying that he doesn't want to do it anymore. Because the storylines are just, they're getting, they're, they're being phoned in. Well, I mean, what, what's the premise now that the, the, the basic crux of the story is that they, he can't, the more he uses it, the, the faster he loses it? No, as far not as the in speed this, force? No, that, not in the, okay. Or did they end that storyline? They end that storyline. Okay. The new villain for this season was Godspeed. Which the whole storyline was, I, I, they didn't have a crisis this year, so I didn't watch. It, pretty much, the only thing I really watched was the the Superman and Lois. Was that, that any good? Because that was really good. Was it okay? Was I'll really have good. to I'll have to go try to find it. It was like it out. a it was like a mixture of Superman, uh, the movies, like the first ones, kind mm-hmm. of a mixture of that, and uh, Smallville. I really enjoyed Smallville. Yeah. I really did. I mean, I I, I love the fact that Christopher Reeve was on Smallville. God, that was so awesome. Um, and that the very last scene, before they cut the credits on the last episode, you saw him rip his shirt open and he had the suit on. I thought that was kind of cool. You finally got to see Tom Welling wear the Superman costume. God, they really need to do more with that. Yeah, you just so there was so much potential. I mean, they some of the storylines I think was like the last. Well, one he didn't want really want to wear the suit. And it was a bunch of. Yeah, but didn't he wear it in the? Uh... He wore the top half. That was it. Okay. I don't know what's going on there. Oh well. Like he didn't want to wear the suit. He just didn't. Okay, and I know that we were trying to wrap this up, but I want your I want your take on this real quick. You know about the Superman curse, right? Yeah. Okay. How do you think that's going to play out for uh, Henry Cavall? Uh, it's not playing out all that bad for him. Because, it, I mean, he... One, he doesn't leave that much. I mean, he does exercises and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think it's because he's English. Do you think? I think so. Well, because, I mean, Dean Kane wore it in Lois and Clark. He's still doing relatively well. Yeah. But he's also like not like a... I don't know. I don't... You know I what it is? And, 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 and I, I think, think I think too, I think the devil's scared of Dean, of Dean Kane Because he was friends with uh, Chris Kyle. Yeah, he was. <laughs> so maybe there's something to that. I don't yeah. know. But anyways, I'm David Dickerman. I'm Johnny Skelton. And this is What the Hell. I think I'm going to name this episode uh, Loki and put in parentheses uh, Ewoks Eight Stormtroopers. No, you should just title it Ewoks Eat, Eat Stormtroopers. And then just... Yeah, let them, let them figure out where yeah, we're going. Yeah, just the at. old bait and switch. Okay. Yep. But until then... Give your balls a tug, tit fuckers. We'll see you next week. Later.